This is Richard Ellis Talks with founding pastor of Reunion Church in the heart of downtown Dallas, Richard Ellis. This is a place for encouragement and hope as Richard challenges us to continue to grow in Jesus. And all month long, he's focused on holiday themes as we share the 25 Talks of Christmas. Now, if you're not able to stay with us for the entire program, you can always pick it back up on the 25 Talks of Christmas Advent Calendar on the website, richardellistalks.com. Every talk can be listened to whenever you're ready on your own time at richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Immaculate Misconception. And I don't want you to raise your hands, but I want to ask you the question you just answered internally. Do you believe in the Immaculate Conception? A lot of you look at me like, it's a trick question. (laughs) There are a lot of people that think they believe in the Immaculate Conception. Maybe they do. There are a lot of people that think they believe in it because they don't understand what it is and that it's not something else that they think it may be the same thing as. And if you hear somebody talk about the Immaculate Conception It involves Mary, it's about Jesus' birth. That's what they think it's about, Jesus' birth, and it ties somewhat. But basically, Immaculate Conception is about Mary, not about Jesus. There are two separate things. Virgin birth is one thing. Jesus, born of a virgin, is one thing. Immaculate Conception is a whole nother deal. There's a part of me that kind of hesitates sometimes to address these things, and you'll, I mean, I come in here and present the truth, but what I try to do is tell you what the book says, and then let you take that and go away and say, okay, in light of, all of us have lenses, all of us have perspective, we all have either some background or no background, and people that have been raised or grown up in some kind of a system, it's hard even for me to be completely objective, because I have certain perspective and bias, and I look at the scriptures and I look at God and all these things through a certain set of lenses. Some of you look this way, some of you look from over this side at it. And it's very hard just to strip all that away and say, okay, God, what does the scripture say? Not what have we interpreted it to say, what have we made up to tack onto it to say what we want it to say. But I'm recommending this. I'm going to read you the scriptures. I'm going to tell you how this is defined and hopefully talk about the importance of even addressing this issue then I encourage you to go to the scriptures for yourself. Don't take some preacher's word for anything. The scripture even says not to do that. Test the scriptures. Go search the scriptures. Go find out. See if it makes sense. All right, let me read you some definitions here, and this is going to be kind of a different one for me, but here we go. Out of Merriam-Webster. Merriam-Webster is a dictionary, and it defines this immaculate conception as this. The conception of the Virgin Mary... It talks about her conception, in which, as decreed in Roman Catholic dogma, her soul was preserved free from original sin by divine grace. And what this means, Immaculate Conception means, is that Mary, not that she wasn't conceived, you know, a man and a woman or mom and dad, but at the moment she was conceived, she was free from original sin. She was sinless. Now, if this is true, Mary is right up here with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God. She is somebody, and we ought to make a big to-do about it. Now, you're going to say, well, I was raised Catholic. You're hammering Catholicism. No, let me tell you something. All I'm interested in is that we know who Jesus is and what difference he made 
and what the gospel is about and not putting someone down, but also not raising something or someone up beyond where they should be. It is about Jesus. There is no way the scripture says to get to the Father, but through Jesus, okay? Jesus himself said, no man comes to the Father, but by me. And when I pray, I don't pray through anybody else, but Jesus. And if you wonder why people end their prayers in Jesus' name, because there's no other name going to get you there anyway. I don't know what you're trying or what you're thinking, but Scripture, find out what the book says. Now, I think there's a balance to be struck here. On the one hand, I do not believe in immaculate conception that Mary was conceived and freed from original sin, that she was spotless. I think she was conceived and born just like everybody else. But on the other hand, I think in an attempt to not have Mary way up here, we shove her down here somewhere. Let me tell you something. This is, she got picked. I mean, this girl got picked. One of the primary things, the reason she got picked, her lineage was part of it. But this girl, more than anything, the reason she got picked was she was a virgin. And in a world today where virginity doesn't amount to much or matter much anymore, this is huge. When people say it doesn't matter, it mattered in terms of prophecy even. And I can take you all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, where after man had sinned and God came along and spoke to the snake, to the woman, to the man, told him all these curses would come on him. One of the things in Genesis 3, 17 that the Lord God said to the serpent, he said, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Women don't have seed. I mean, this isn't a biology or, you know, some kind of medical class here, but it just doesn't work this way. So why does the scripture talk about the woman between your seed and her seed? That implies, and the gospel is right here basically in Genesis chapter 3, and it goes on to say, He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. In other words, Satan would bruise Jesus' heel, but Jesus would crush his head. And that's exactly what happened. So it starts out here in Genesis, even talking about this woman seed, that there would be a woman, she'd have to be a virgin, and somehow this seed would have to come from out of nowhere, which is what happened. If you flip over to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, specifically it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is hundreds of years before Mary's ever born, anything ever happens, specific things. A virgin will bear a son. He will be God with us. I mean, those things, people say, well, it's coincidence. Let me tell you something. It ain't coincidence. It's impossible. It is impossible for anybody to be born of a virgin. But it is not necessary for Mary to be freed from original sin at birth in order to make this thing happen and work. It's just not necessary. God came... But one of the most amazing things to me, as immense and incredible as we know God is, and it's unfathomable that he is so incredible that God would condense himself down not to just a man, but to a sperm. Now think about this. You have a virgin womb sealed. There's no way she's never been with a man. That's part of her argument in Luke 1 with the angel Gabriel that comes. You have a sealed womb, and so God, in one sperm, just like that, materializes inside this little girl's womb. It's unbelievable. 
That's miraculous enough. We don't have to do anything more with Mary, though, to make her somebody. She is carrying somebody. And she is somebody because she has been chosen to carry and be Jesus' mother. But that doesn't require her to be somehow elevated and go back. And by the way, this was done in like, let me get the exact date here on this. This decision was made to make her this in 1854 by Pius IX just decided this thing existed. And that was it. Now, let me tell you what my opinion on this is. I think it is very dangerous to go add into Scripture and to add things and say something. My personal belief is this is it. It's not that God can't do anything else or say anything else, but I trust this, and if I can't find it in here, guys, I don't trust it. And at some point, either Scripture is truth or it is not. And before you go looking outside of the book for answers, start with the book. Read the book, find out what he said here, and then operate out of that, because he wouldn't have provided this or preserved this for so long if there wasn't something to it. All right, now let's go to Luke. And on the flip side here, I want to talk to you about Mary a little bit and what happened in this passage. Luke chapter 1, and something obviously is going on here, and Mary must be somebody, because Gabriel, it says here in Luke chapter 1, verse 19, the angel answered and said to him, I was talking to John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and to bring you these glad tidings. Literally, this angel, Michael obviously is in the same category in the scriptures, Gabriel's another one. These guys, if this stage is the courtroom of heaven somehow and you put God here on a throne, Who's going to be around him? Well, Gabriel is one of these angels that is right there in the presence of God. And God says, it's time. Jesus, it's time. We're going. This thing's going down. You're going down there. And all of time and eternity points to this in the future and back to it even from now, back to the gospel when Jesus came, lived, was buried, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, was buried and raised from the dead. It points to it. It points back to it. So God says to Gabriel, it's time. Go. And it tells us exactly when it happened. Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, was already six months pregnant when Mary got pregnant. So at a certain point in time, Gabriel comes and talks to Mary and says, you're it. And I'll read you some of this. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, guys, it doesn't say anything about how she has to be spotless, sinless. She's just a girl. And the only reason I'm even accentuating this this much is this. For one thing, Romans, I think it's 3.23, says this. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says none is righteous, not one. The only righteous person who has ever lived, been born, died, is Jesus himself. And Mary is not excluded from that. She is like any and everybody else. She was a great girl. She was a virgin. She qualified. She was chosen. The reason I point this out is God comes along and he says to you or to me, knocks on your heart's door and says, you know what, I got a job for you. You've been picked. I've chosen you. I've got a plan and a purpose. 
And you say, well, yeah, but I've got sin in my life. You know what? We've all had sin in our life or have sin in our life. But God works in spite of these circumstances to accomplish his plan, his purpose, his will in the world. So no matter where you were born, no matter who your parents are, no matter what's happened to you, there's some in the research I did, some people refer to Mary as the second Eve. And that what got messed up the first time around, now Mary is going to correct it and that Jesus would be the new Adam. That's not scriptural either. If you look in 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus is referred to as the last Adam and the second man. We don't need any more Adams. We've had enough Adams. (laughs) Jesus is the last Adam and the second man. And God did start over in a sense with Jesus who came and said what Adam and Eve screwed up. I'm going to rectify in sending my own son to be born. And in a spiritual sense, we all can be born a second time. Even though we've been born physically, we can be born spiritually and have a new slate, a clean start, a fresh start in that way. So he goes, the angel goes to her. He says, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. She's just a normal girl. She's probably in her late teens. I'd be scared too. I'd be scared today, much less at 16 or 17 as a kid. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You will conceive in your womb. Now, this little girl's thinking. I mean, she may not have taken the classes at school yet, but she knows how these things work. And she knows whether anybody else believes it or not. That's a whole other story of what it's like to be raised in a town pregnant and the stories that are told. I mean, this girl took some hits. I mean, if your daughter comes home pregnant and says, well, Mommy, I have not been near any man. God did it. I mean, there's not many people buying that story anymore. I mean, it would have worked once, but it's already fulfilled. This prophecy is fulfilled. It's not likely. It's not going to happen. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you'll call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. You know, there's no way, and only a woman can understand some of these things. I mean, there are certain things women say, we want equal rights. You know what? You've got advantages that men will never have. I mean, men think they do this extraordinary thing by participating in the conception of a child. You know, well, I helped. Yeah, you, you know, you helped. You didn't carry this thing for nine months. You didn't throw up in my house when you have babies. It's just nine months of, you know. But here, this young girl, just like that, as the scripture says, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. She's pregnant. And all of a sudden, Jesus, like any and everybody else on the planet, you know, there's no way to get here but through somebody's womb. The only door to this planet is a woman's womb. And I think if you thought about it as a woman, what a man has no category for, to all of a sudden be aware that you're pregnant, which your body goes through some changes. Mine did when we got pregnant. I gained a lot of weight. (laughs) But your body goes through changes, and just every day, day after day, the awareness that God has chosen her, and she is carrying the God of the universe inside of her. 
I mean, you're talking about watching what you eat. I mean, you just, it's a whole nother category. I mean, a kid's a kid, but this is somebody else's kid. Then Mary said to the angel, you know, whether she's shaking her head or not, you know, how can this be since I don't know a man? I've done the right thing. I've waited. I mean, culturally, morally, religiously, I've done the right thing. This can't happen, buddy, you know. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. God's going to do it. And then as kind of backup, verse 36, he says, Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, and she knows how old Elizabeth is, and that there's some natural processes in life, and that she's barren, hadn't had a kid at all, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. She's six months pregnant. If you don't believe it, go see her, and it'll be obvious at six months that she's pregnant. Verse 37, and this is where I think he seals it with Mary and with any of us. For with God, nothing will be impossible. You're an ordinary person with extraordinary things going on in your life. God wants you to do this or that, or you know, you feel like he's asking you or expecting you to do things. You say, God, I can't do it. He says, no, you can't, but with me, nothing will be impossible. Some of you are in financial situations you can't get out of, but you know what? He can get you out of it. You're in a relationship situation. You can't get out of it. He can get you out of it. You say, but it's impossible. It's not impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. And then Mary says, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So Mary goes to see, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know why she went, but she's like, you know what? I'm going to see Elizabeth. I need some confirmation. <laughs> so Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country. And that's not near Austin. It's way over there. <laughs> went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. All she did was walk in the house and go, hi, Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Something got all over Elizabeth. Now, was it Mary walking in the room? Now, guys, listen close. If you don't agree with anything I've said so far, listen to me. It was not that Mary walked in the room and spoke. It was that Mary walked in the room and spoke and had the God of the universe inside of her. Now listen to me, it's the same thing with you. He lives in you. And you walk in some place and you just literally open your mouth. You know what? You are a presence to deal with. Someone told me about an African chief. I think it was in Kenya this week. They were telling me there was this chief. He was a pastor in Africa. And he was getting more and more famous and more and more influential. And he had this huge impact on the country, and the president heard some rumor that this guy was going to run for president, might want to be president. So he called him in to kind of figure out what was going on. And he said, you know, I hear that you might be thinking you're very influential. You might be thinking about running for office and a little concerned about that. And the guy looked at him just stunned. He said, why would I want to be president? Why would I want to go down from being a pastor to being a president? <laughs> He knew who he was. He knew who lived inside of him. You don't know who you are and what you got. And when Jesus came, born of a virgin, lived a life, buried, 
raised from the dead, dies on the cross, is buried, raised from the dead, and goes back to heaven and sends the Holy Spirit. Now what Mary experienced in having literally, I'll never be pregnant physically, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm more than pregnant spiritually. I got somebody living in me. And sooner or later, you're going to start showing. <laughs> Some people can hide being pregnant for a while, but let me tell you something. <laughs> Sooner or later, you're going to start showing. And when you walk in a room, somebody's going to say, you know what? One person walked in here, but why does it feel like two? There is somebody else here. There is a presence. There is a power. There is something that happens. There ought to be a difference when you walk in a room. So Mary walks in there, something happens, this baby leaps inside Elizabeth. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, you know, I don't know how women, you know, this is a whole female thing, but blessed are you. I mean, she blurts it out just with a loud voice. It says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why? And this is her younger cousin. Why? But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Why have you come to visit me? She knows who she's carrying. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she. I mean, what she says is, I got kicked really hard when you came in the house. That's what that means. It's one thing to get kicked, and then they had a baby go jumping inside there. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. You know, what is it? It's about faith. Mary believed. God told her something. She said, okay, it's impossible for me, but it's not for you. I'll do it. Whatever you say, I'll do it. I'm willing. I'll trust you. I'll obey you. You can do it. And then very quickly, let me read this. And Mary said, and this is kind of a song that people call it the song of Mary, maybe. But she just is overwhelmed, I think, by all of it and says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly estate of his maidservant. She's acknowledging, you know what? I'm nobody. I'm a lowly maidservant. I'm just a woman, a kid. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. And you know what? That's true. But she doesn't have to be without original sin to be blessed. She's blessed. Anybody would argue that. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house about the time that John the Baptist was born. And then she went back home. Guys, I think Mary is a great woman and you can keep reading about her and keep following her life. As she followed Jesus, was there, saw all these things, and repeatedly something would happen, and she'd hide all these things in her heart. But there came a day when this simple woman, chosen by God for many reasons, but one, because she was a virgin, there came a day when she stood at the foot of a cross. And there's a song out there that says, Mary, did you know that this baby boy, and it goes on to say many things, and basically one of them was that one day he would die 
so you can be forgiven, that you can be saved. Literally, this baby boy that she carried and loved and watched for 33 years, then she had to stand and watch him be sacrificed on the cross, not for you and me, but for her too. Mary needed Jesus as bad as I do. And that's where she got forgiveness. That's where she found the grace that she needed as well. And I pray if you don't know him, you know, if you're gonna go looking for somebody, don't go looking for anybody but Jesus. Because when you find him, you find everything you need, everything. Thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. So many people like you tell us that Richard's unique way of boiling down God's truths and making his word clear and easy to apply to our daily life is what sets this program apart from everything else on your radio, helping to reach everyone together with God's good news. In fact, reaching everyone together is not only Pastor Richard's ministry mission, but it's also the mission that Jesus commands each believer when he gave us our marching orders in Mark 16, 15, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So that's what these daily talks are all about, to encourage and equip us to be a light of hope to others this Advent season. Now, during the 25 Talks of Christmas this month, it's a different holiday-themed program each and every day. So if you miss any previous Christmas talk, just click on the daily Advent calendar at richardellistalks.com to listen to, download, or share any of these Christmas talks. It's right there on the homepage at richardellistalks.com. And while you're on the website, be sure to surf around for hundreds of other encouraging audio and video talks, tons of interesting blogs, or to submit a request on the prayer wall, or to follow us on social at Talk With Richard, and much more. It's all right there at richardellistalks.com, alongside the Daily Christmas Talks Advent Calendar. So as we wrap up, thank you for listening today, and thank you for praying for Richard. As we look forward to coming alongside you again for the next of our 25 Talks of Christmas on Richard Ellis Talks.